You'll know when you have a wild woman. She'll practice her craft without boundaries. She is truly autonomous. Her loyalty is only to the family she serves, a midwife who will not allow herself to be held back by a system she didn't create. This podcast is for the birth keepers who want to grow and change. We're open to learning through self-reflection and supportive community. We are creating this space to explore without judgment. We are remembering we were born wild. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Born Wild podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Sophia. And today we have birth stories with Maggie and I'll hand it over to you to introduce yourself and then we'll jump into your stories. Hi, Um, so I'm Maggie and I was actually, um, I'm from Sonoma County, uh, but I live in right in the outskirts of Austin, Texas. I live in Dripping Springs, Texas now. um, And I'm a stay at home mom to uh, Kaysen and Hayes. Um, and they're two and three months old. So freshy. Yes. <laughs> so you're just out of your fourth trimester. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So where does your story begin? Well, um, so, you know, I had my son, um, uh, May, 2020. And, um, basically when I got pregnant, I, had no knowledge of birth whatsoever, which is shocking because I, um, you know, I do have a holistic health background. I went to Bowman College in Pengrove. You know, I did their nutrition consulting program there and, you know, I got my yoga certificate and, you know, you think that you would just like maybe come into this world of birth or hear some stuff. And it was so shocking to me that literally I had no idea what birth was um you know it was just the standard stuff you see on tv like that was my perception of birth and um basically when i got pregnant i googled like what do i do now you know did you have friends that had had children or no i had one my best friend had her um, first baby quite a few years younger than me i was um i think 27 at the time when i was pregnant and so she had had um, her daughter probably like three years before me. And, uh, so still quite a bit of a gap and I had moved to Texas right when she had her daughter. So, you Mm. know, there was a big disconnect there and we, we didn't really talk about it. And, you know, I actually apologized to her after I had my child. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm so sorry. I wasn't there to support you because I just had no idea, you know, entering this world of, um, motherhood and how hard it can be. So, uh, but yeah, so that's basically what happened is I Googled it, I got GYN and, um, you know, started doing just, I had nine months to do my research and, um, there was a woman that was in my yoga teacher training class that had like a birth company. It was called birth fit. And I figured I'd reach out to her. And so we met over coffee and she was like, you know, what's your plan? What are you going to do? And I said, I'm meeting with a, you know, an OB and, you know, hospital birth. And, um, I didn't even know there were other options and she's like, well, you have other options. And that's pretty much what, um, started my whole, like, you know, I, she recommended some books and I started doing my own research and, um, I found a, uh, you know, a birth course called, um, oh goodness. No, I don't even know what the name of it was called. <laughs> um, <laughs> But basically, it's like they train the the husband to be the doula, which was Bradley, Bradley. Thank you. Yes, Bradley. And it was great. I learned so much through Bradley. Um, You know, looking back now, I think I have a little bit different perspective, but um, I I learned a lot. And going through that course, you know, um, it scared me to have a hospital birth. And I um, started, you know, questioning everything. I switched uh, to a birthing center. I did reach out to, you know, some home birth midwives at the time. Um, and my decision was based off of insurance, which, um, you know, like it, it's so interesting just, you know, I thought I did a ton of research, but just the amount of research and everything, you know, I, I, I'm obviously a very changed person since that first birth. Um, 
you know, but it is, that was the reason why I ended up going with the um, birthing center. It wasn't, you know, I wasn't necessarily like most comfortable with that, but it was like, I felt like I could get what I wanted there and, you know, like my insurance would cover it. It's unfortunate um, that it has to be a piece because especially with insurance, it's so much cheaper to just have a home birth because you're not paying a facility fee, you know, all these things. Yeah. Absolutely. We've ended up paying an arm and a leg for our hospital birth, which is, and that's why, you know, it's just so important to like talk about this stuff because you think you're doing one thing, but when you're, when you're hearing other women's stories, like we end up sending a lot more money than we would have spent if, you know, if we ended up, you know, doing a home birth. Yeah. So, um, uh, but yeah, so I went right all the way up to, um, you know, 40 weeks and then 41 weeks came and was your pregnancy pretty like straightforward with, yeah, I was, I was sick in the beginning, you know, I think up until 20 weeks, I was, um, like nauseous. It was weird. I wasn't throwing up. I was just, I would just dry heave. It was like the worst thing. Like, I know I looked ridiculous throughout that first 20 weeks, but, um, uh, yeah. So, and then after that things got better and, um, you know, I was teaching like yoga at the time and I forget, I, you know, I taught yoga way like up until the end of my pregnancy and I felt really good and I was like fit and I was just, you know, I felt good about it. Um, there was a lot of fear throughout that pregnancy, you know, the, like all the tests, all the checks, um, there was just a lot of fear I had, like every time, like getting the phone call that something would be wrong. Um, you know, and this was all stuff that I acknowledged more after the birth, you know, um, I was doing like medit birth meditations throughout the whole, you know, pregnancy process, um, you know, trying to quiet my mind and stay positive. And, uh, but there was, yeah, there was a lot of negative fear. Um, in all the testing, I was going to say can make you feel like something's bound to happen at any time. <laughs> totally. Yeah. That was definitely it. And, um, yeah. And I think I have, you know, maybe a little bit of that, that history through my, you know, lineage of like my mother's birth and, you know, so, um, or like my birth is, I guess what I'm trying yeah. to say. Um, Do you, you know, know your birth story? I don't know my birth story. You know, I've heard bits and pieces from it here and there. And I just, I know that, you know, they had told my mom something was wrong with me and the same thing happened with my sister. And I just, um, you know, so I think maybe there was some of that stored fear from, from that experience as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so yeah. But other than that, my pregnancy was, you know, fairly good. I was happy. And then, um, you know, COVID did hit, I was expected to, um, you know, my delivery date was, um, at the end of April and, you know, COVID hit in March, uh, basically like the weekend, my friends were throwing me our shower was the weekend it'll happen. And they were like, do we cancel? And I was like, no, don't cancel, you know, and then lockdown happened. And, um, you know, I think very differently now than I did at the time I was still in that, like, you know, I don't know what birth is going to be for me. I don't know what being a new mother is going to be and everything's locked down. I mean, we were just like me and my husband were, it was crazy. It was so crazy. And we don't have family around us here. Um, it's well, just in, us. That, in that beginning stage, nobody knew like, what is COVID? What's happening? Yeah. Should we really be totally. scared? Should we not? Yeah. Totally. And so, um, you know, and I was hearing like these horror stories of, you know, women birthing and masks and their partners not being allowed to come in and just mm. these really sad. I mean, it was awful. It was awful. Um, you know, and at the time I just felt very grateful that I was birthing at the birthing center and they weren't, you know, enforcing these kinds of stuff there yet or whatever. Mm. Um, so, you know, that was, that was kind of what happened, but there was a lot of, you know, more fear and anxiety ad- added to the end of my pregnancy for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and so I went up, you know, to 40 weeks and then 41 weeks hit. And, um, you know, I went to the 41 week appointment and the midwife there was like, you know, well, are you ready to induce labor is basically what she said to me. And I was like, and I don't, I don't think there was any reason for that. And and I was just like, what? Like, I thought she was on my team. Like, I thought we were all like in this together, you know, like obviously I had written a birth plan. Like they should have had that, like, um, you know, and I just, 
I really emphasized I wanted this natural birth. You know, I wanted like, was it just policy? Like they have this conversation with everyone. I guess I'm trying to remember, um, because, you know, then they did scare me with like the, uh, me not having enough amniotic fluid in during one of those ultrasounds that last week. Um, and that's just like that last week, everything switched. And I was just like, I felt like I was up against the clock Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, like, I think they had me coming in like every day at that time. Like, you know, I did the stress test. They gave me fluids. Um, and then I was so upset because I went back into, you know, they had to do an ultrasound right after, um, to see if the fluids helped. And then, you know, the, uh, ultrasound tech was like, well, sometimes we miss, we miss a pocket full of fluid. So I'll make sure to really check this time and I'll find the fluid for you. And I was like, well, could that have happened the first time? You know, like I was just like it, you know, there was just a lot of stuff happening where I was just questioning everything that was going on. Um, yeah. And I just, it was really hard. I wasn't getting the support I, I needed. I think from that midwife group, there were six of them. It was the whole process of where you meet with each one and then you don't know which one will be there, you know, for your birth. Um, and yeah, so that's what happened. And I, um, you know, if I, if I didn't go into labor naturally before, um, that 42 week date, uh, basically I would have to go to the hospital and, um, an induction would be scheduled. And, and that was like my option, I guess. And I just didn't think I had any other options. And I was like talking to, you know, my Bradley course person, like the instructor, and I was talking to a a doula friend and, you know, they're just, you know, just relax. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And, um, yeah, it didn't happen. And, uh, so I ended up kind of trying to induce myself the day before I drank castor oil without really their approval of it. Uh, because I was just so, yeah, I just wanted that. Yeah. Yeah, I was getting desperate. Exactly. Um, so yeah, that day before, I think I had a induction scheduled at 5am the next morning, which would have been on a Friday morning. And so Thursday, um, I think around like 11 or noon, I had some sort of like milkshake castor oil drink that was told given to me by a doula friend. And um, I did start labor that night at 11 and I called the midwife and I was excited. And I said, I think my water broke, you know, um, cause there was definitely was a little puddle in my bed. And she said, what well, does it sound like it? If it's not a whole lot. And you know, like I smelled it, it didn't, I don't think it was pee or anything. So um but then I, you know, contractions continued throughout the night and it was, it was pretty painful. I was like just working through it on the bathroom floor by myself. And, you know, then morning came around and I, you know, hopped in the shower and I felt really good after that. And I called the midwife again and she was like, you know, I think you still need to go to the, to the hospital. And I was just like, man, this is, this is horrible. She's like, you know, you can't birth at the, the birthing center basically. Um, And so I remember just like getting in the car and just being like, this is the one thing they tell you not to do. Like when you're in early, you know, like labor just starting, they say, don't go to the hospital. But it was just because I had that um, 42 week, you know, time mark. And uh, I had that scheduled induction at 5am that I I guess I just told myself that that's it. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know why. I guess I just felt like I didn't have any other options, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we drove there. Um, the lady checked us in and she said, normally I'm not checking people that look like you in for an induction right now. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that makes me feel great. You know, as I'm like working through, you know, contractions with my mask on in the, um, in the waiting room. And so, yeah. And then basically, um, you know, I waited for a room and, um, the doctor wasn't there until like eight or 9 a.m. to actually see me. So, I mean, I was just very frustrated and, and that was, you know, kind of the whole thing, you know, I, I couldn't relax and um, labor stopped and, you know, they started the cascade of interventions and, you know, you're taught the whole like acronym, like to basically defend yourself and ask questions and follow your intuition. And I just, 
at the end of the day, I, I personally just felt like, um, yeah, it was all slipping away and I really didn't have any other options. Um, and so, yeah, that was kind of, um, my story. So what would that be on? Like my timeline gets so confused because we were there for so long so that, you know, they did the cervical ripenings. I think I had two of them and I, I like had done this research, but I didn't even know what it was. Right. I mean, you get this stuff put in you and you're, you have to sit there for like 12 hours, I think, or, um, and I just, I didn't even know what I was getting myself into. And it was, it was awful. And, um, yeah. And I thought, you know, I had done all the research and there was, yeah, I, I didn't know a lot about it. And, uh, so basically, you know, at 9am, they started the first one and then another one happened. And, um, finally I did go into active labor the next morning, like Saturday morning. Um, and that was after they started the pit, you know, and I asked for the low doses and they amped it up and, you know, it just kind of happened and they were threatening C-section. The midwife was, um, and finally what happened was the doctor switched and came on to my floor and, um, she was really the only one that came in and looked me in the eye and said, you know, you can do this vaginally. I just think that you should get epidural because you're just really worked up and you, you, you're not relaxing. And I, and I wasn't relaxing. I was so pissed at everybody, honestly. Um, from the minute you walked in, you were on the defense, you know? Yeah, exactly. From the minute. And that's what I mean. I just, um, I couldn't relax. And, uh, yeah. And, and she was absolutely right. I mean, I was just like, I was so upset. And, um, and so I agreed to the epidural, you know, like she was honestly the first one though, that came in and like looked me in the eye and like said, you know, I think she like actually read my, what I wanted in a sense, you know, like, and she was like, I know you want to do this vaginally. Like she was the first one that really like came and looked me in the eye and said, like, this is what I think we could do, you know, she wasn't like, Oh, you're going to end in a C-section. Like the first one was, and I'm just like, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I, I kind of put my trust in her and, you know, we, they did the epidural. I took a nap and, um, at 7 PM that night, I, you know, pushed for three hours and my baby was born and it was still, I mean, you know, it's still like the, a moment that you'll never forget. And it's still magical and wonderful. Um, but you know, when you have a different different story the second time around, it's it's, yeah. it's hard well, to that be where like the brain fuck comes in, where you're like, best day of my life and trauma, and like, how do I hold those both, and can I hold those both, or do I have to pick one? And like, I'm totally. not gonna pick it to be trauma, like you know, like yeah, right. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I think, so, and then so how did you walk away from that birth? Did you like? did it take time to process everything? Um, or were you like, did you walk out of there being like, none of that should have happened? Yeah. I mean, I knew none of it should have happened from like, while I was in the situation. I mean, even, uh, like it was hard, even, you know, like they were trying to, the nurse was like, had her hands inside of me, you know, trying to like stretch me during when I was pushing and stuff. And, you know, I was telling her like, not to like it hurt, which is so interesting thinking back because I was like, I had epidural. So how could it have hurt? You know, like some of these things I was saying I had to process after, because when you're in it, you're, you're in it and you're um, it's, you know, hard to think. And so, but yeah, it was just like really interesting to process that kind of stuff after. And then, you know, my hospital experience, the post or like, you know, when we got moved to the postpartum ward, Mm-hmm. Um, everything shifted there too. You know, I nursed him right away. You know, they did their typical checks. I did get skin to skin. It wasn't like the hour that they say they will give you or anything yeah. like that. Um, but you know, and then they came in like that next morning cause he was born that night at like 10 PM. And the next morning they came in and said his blood sugar dropped and I can't nurse him anymore. And, um, you know, they gave him like sugar gel without me knowing and, all of a sudden he's on formula. And that was like my main two things was just like vaginal birth and breastfeeding. And I just remember, I was just like, this is just like terrible. You know, everything um, was just being torn away from me. And I didn't, I didn't know what to do. And I did, I had to turn myself around in there and um, say like, we just got to, we just need to get out of here. And it was really hard to get out of there. 
um, you know, they made us stay an extra night because they wanted to, you know, monitor him. And um, no one even came in that next night to monitor him. And, uh, you know, and that's where it comes down, I think, to, you know, insurance things, money stuff, probably. And um, um, can we legally keep her in charge insurance? Exactly. And, um, and just like the questioning as, as a mother, you know, like I know the pediatrician came in and was like, well, it looks like you stopped care at 28 weeks. And I was like, no, I transferred. Like, why is my, why are my records saying that, you know, like it was just frustrating to be questioned as, you know, a mother, like taking care of your body and your baby. And so it just set me up for a hard, um, go, I think afterwards too. I mean, it, it definitely put a lot of fight in me for sure. Um, I asked for, you know, the supplemental nursing system in the, in the, um, hospital and they were able to give me that. So that was good. And I was able to breastfeed him right after we got out there. I had a lactation consultant come over like the next day and I was like, we're going to do this. Um, so that was fine. And he was fine from there on out, like just healthy and everything was good. Um, and, but I just remember like when they told me, or I think I went to the first pediatrician, which I did end up sticking with. And they said, you know, if he gets a fever during the first 30 days, um, he'll be hospitalized automatically. And I just like that sunk into me, um, so much. Cause I was like, I am not bringing my baby back to the hospital. And, you know, that was just, uh, something that stuck with me throughout and it was COVID. And so, um, yeah, I was very much on the defense side. I kept us very secluded and I was, um, yeah, scared to be around people and it definitely affected my postpartum. So isolating just in general, let alone during COVID. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and I had to do a lot of work after that, but, uh, but, but I do believe that it is part of my story. I know like you have to, you know, own it anyways, but, um, yeah, like it, it's definitely made me a stronger person. And I'm, you know, I made a lot of decisions after that where that maybe I wouldn't have made before, you know? Um, so I, I definitely had to, had to change and be a, you know, that, that mama bear that I think every mom probably <laughs> comes into afterwards for sure. Um, yeah, I feel that way about fevers. Like my, we've had so many fevers for my son that I'm really comfortable, especially with high fevers and like treating them at home and like knowing when to go in. And it wasn't that the first fever versus the fevers now, I'm a totally different person and my comfort level and what, you know, my tolerance right. level. And yeah, it like takes the experiences to like build you and be like, okay, I got this. Totally, totally. Yeah. yeah, because I mean, from there after that, I found, you know, the Free Birth Society podcast and I, um, and I don't even know how I found it, to be honest with you. And I just started like delving into all these women's stories who just like birthed on their own. I mean, some people in the woods, like, I mean, just these incredible um, wild woman stories. And I was just like, I mean, it gets, gives me goosebumps now just thinking about it. Um, and, you know, and, and honestly, like at the time, I don't think during that first pregnancy, I wasn't open to even hearing that because I did have a yoga um, and I went to like a prenatal yoga class. And I remember this woman was from Russia and she said, you know, I, and she didn't use the term free birth, but she told us her story about how she came here and it was just her and her boyfriend and they birthed their baby on their own. And I just remember like at that time thinking that is crazy. You know, that is crazy. Oh, you're and I, so I didn't, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't ready for it obviously at that time. And, um, I didn't make it a part of my knowledge or my vocabulary or any of that, which I did after my first birth. And I was just like, yes, this, all of this makes so much sense that you know our well, body is like just your story all the things that like went wrong like somebody could hear that and be like this is why you need to be in the hospital you know because like things go wrong versus the idea that they were caused and that they weren't right going to go wrong you know <laughs> totally yeah and I think that's what I mean you know, I, and the problem that, that with me is I keep hearing these stories of these women's birth stories, like over and over again. And that's where I'm just like, um, it, it just hurts me to see these women keep going through this stuff. And that's why I, you know, I was like, 
I'm not someone to speak out usually, but I was like listening to everyone's birth story for me was just so huge. And if we could get these women speaking about these positive birth stories, um, maybe it will like cause a, a really big shift and change. And I feel like I've kind of seen that, um, you know, unfortunately for me, it was the second birth, but hopefully maybe some women will be hearing this kind of stuff when they're pregnant with their first and know that their body is capable of doing it um, on their own. And that, I mean, they were made for this. We were made to birth babies. Like there's nothing wrong with us and there's nothing wrong with our bodies. Um, so yeah, but, um, yeah, so that's, I found free birth society and it was, um, that was kind of really healing to me. And even though I knew like my intuition told me like everything was so wrong during that first birth, um, it just helped me really understand it. And I was able to go back and uh, kind of dive into some cert to certain situations and um, actually see like what was going wrong. And I, and I was able to shift my mindset as well. And I saw, you know, where, um, you know, I was, I was, I wasn't thinking like positive about the birth, you know, like I could do this and uh, my body was made for this, even though I was being told that, you know, from friends and stuff, it still wasn't the same um, as hearing these women's stories. So, so yeah. Um, so yeah, so, uh, my son is 17 months and I find out I'm pregnant again and it was a surprise. was a total surprise. We were, um, planning to move our houses on the market. We're moving out of state and, uh, I like, I just remember feeling so tired and I was just like, you know, how you know, you're pregnant. And I was just like, there's no way I'm pregnant right now. And for sure I was pregnant. And I remember asking my husband, he like got home from work and I was like, how stressed are you right now? You know, on a scale from one to 10. And he starts going through everything like that, you know, the house is on the market, everything's going on. I was like, well, I'm pregnant. And he's like, what? Like, how? How is this even possible? <laughs> but um, so we were still so excited. And I knew like this time around, I was going to um, do things very differently. I, you know, the Free Birth Society had a, um, like a Black Friday sale going on. And I joined the membership and I bought their, um, what their free birth course, you know, complete guide to free birth, the complete guide to free birth. Yeah. And, um, even though I had just found out, I, I knew I was going to do that anyways. And, um, yeah, was I pretty conversation much you had with your husband and he was totally on board or were you just like, yeah, it doesn't matter. I'm just going to do it. <laughs> yeah. I think it was just like, I, it doesn't matter. I'm, <laughs> I'm definitely going to do it. We'll talk about it later. Like uh -huh. we had so much going on and I was just, um, I knew I was going to treat this pregnancy very differently. And uh, it's not that I ignored it. I just like accepted it. I accepted that I was pregnant and I was like, I'm just going to take care of my body. Like I'm going to eat well. Um, I told my family right away, like where the first time around I, you know, we waited till I think, you know, maybe even 20 weeks. I forget how long, but um, you know, there was that fear of losing the baby and there's just so much fear in that first birth where the second one I was like even if I lose the baby I mean you know it, it is nice to have people around you and and that is normal like um you know miscarriages happen a lot and I didn't even know that before all this right and so just the whole process of being pregnant and everything just became so much more normalized to me than um it was before I guess so yeah and I um yeah. So I didn't act any differently. I just feel like we kept living our life and we moved and, you know, drove like halfway across the country, a little bit nauseous, but with my two-year-old, so that was fun. Um, and then, you know, once we got to our, our new place, we were moving to Idaho. Um, you know, I started looking for, I, I knew I wanted someone at my birth. Um, it, I, you know, I just wanted like this wise woman basically. Um, and there were no like birth keepers in, um, in Idaho. And I just remember like being on the membership page and I read this one woman's story. Um, and since I'm from, you know, uh, Santa Rosa, I saw Sebastopol, she was from Sebastopol and I read her story and she had 
cited you as a midwife for her birth. And um, we were going back, you know, to Santa Rosa to see my family. And I figured I'd reach out to you because I was just in the beginning stages of this pregnancy. And I, you know, I knew not necessarily that I wanted free birth or, but I just wanted someone that like supported this idea of, you know, physiological birth and um, yeah, believed in women. And so, yeah, I reached out to you and you were so awesome and you met me for breakfast and I just remember thinking like this you were so open and um I mean I left that that meeting just being like I wish I was in California so you could be my midwife because you were like literally what I was looking for um but yeah but I continued my search after that and you ended up you know supporting me virtually which was just totally awesome and I appreciate that so much um, I mean, it was just special. And I think, you know, a lot of other midwives, you know, kind of wouldn't do that necessarily. Um, so yeah. So thank you for that. You're welcome. And yeah, so, uh, we ended up, um, deciding to move back to Texas after that long move, which was crazy. And twice in pregnancy. Oh my gosh. I know, but you know, in a weird way, it was all like meant to be. And, um, so yeah, so it's kind of nice that I wasn't really like, I don't know. I wasn't, you know, it was just like a peaceful pregnancy, which is so weird to say because there was so much going on, you know, like moving twice and, deciding that we were in the wrong place and you know it was very hectic life but like the pe the pregnancy was just so peaceful I was just like at ease the whole time and I knew it was going to work out and you know when thoughts would arise that like oh my goodness like am I not going to find someone you know I'd call you or text you or we'd set up a zoom call and you know you kind of set me back into this reframe of mind where I was thinking you know beforehand and it, it helped a lot it helped a lot um so yeah so we moved back to Texas and um one thing we did too was you got your records released because you had a lot of questions about your birth and so yeah. I suggested you get your records released and um so we could go over them uh, totally yeah because there was clarity absolutely yeah and that helped a lot because there were was a lot of questions um about my birth you know that I just didn't even know really what happened at the end of the day um, and I knew like, right, doing this free birth, complete guide to free birth, like basically, I guess what my thought process was like at the end of the day, there was another option that first time around, I could have free birth my first son. I just had no idea. And, and again, I was not ready for that at the time. Um, but the second time around, I was like, I'm going to be completely ready to free birth my second child if it comes to that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I guess that's just kind of the frame of mind I was in um was just I can do this and um I don't have to like make sacrifices if if I can't find the right person to support me I guess um so yeah and you totally helped me ease some of those you know concerns you know with my first birth I thought that there was like shoulder dystocia because they called in a huge team right at the end as I was pushing him out and um you know we went through that there was no shoulder dystocia um, what were some of the other things? I, I don't remember delivering my placenta. And so, you know, we talked about that and, um, I'm trying to think of what else we talked about, but I, you just like helped me kind of, we just went through it day by day. We didn't know, or yeah, like it was day by day. Cause we were there for a while. <laughs> um, and you know, like some of the records some I questions about Rogam shots, yeah. questions about um the blood glucose for your baby and yeah. Totally. Yeah. And the Rogam, yeah. So we you talked to me about that, you know, because I was given it twice. Um, you know, even like the first time obviously at 28 weeks was with my knowledge, the second time without my knowledge. Um, you know, and yeah, the glucose was a big thing that that I was scared about that after, and you clarified that, you know, midwives don't even check for glucose, um, after the baby's born. Um, and you know, the, the free birth society course also just kind of eased your, eased my mind with a lot of the, um, aftercare of it's like this newborn baby and there's, it takes them a while to kind of adjust and settle into our world. And, um, you know, things do normalize. I, I don't know what, 
like is that your perspective too or I mean yeah I mean we we would like treat babies based on symptoms you know we wouldn't poking all babies assuming they're gonna have blood sugar issues or you know they have like under this amount of weight and over that amount of weight and right we would just like dig deeper if we saw signs and the family wanted to know what was going on you know right right yeah I mean they poked my son's feet so many times like it was awful it was so my daughter too she still has scars on her heels yeah yeah oh my gosh it was just as yeah and you're just sitting there and it was just terrible it was awful um yeah and so uh yeah so a lot of that after stuff you know you helped kind of ease my worries and um yeah you were just very positive and hopeful and helped me understand just uh you know, kind of what I would need to do. And, um, you're also very encouraging that the right person will pop up for you, which was just nice. I I believed it. And I kept telling myself that, but it was nice to hear from you as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I did, I ended up finding a midwife. She, uh, you know, free birth, both her children. And she was, um, kind of in line with, you know, what I was thinking, um, of, of who I wanted at my birth. She supported physiological birth and, uh, yeah, she believed, you know, women can, can totally do this on their own. And, um, she was just kind of there for, to witness it, which was just exactly what I wanted. Um, and so, yeah, she did some blood tests for me at the end. Um, and you know, there were some questions about my iron and that's why we did those blood tests. Um, but I was taking, you know, like organ supplements throughout my pregnancy and a uh, beef liver supplement as well. Cause I was worried about my liver or my iron intake from my first pregnancy. Um, and so, you know, right before, I think it was actually the day before my son was born. Um, you know, we, we had a meeting and it, it didn't go, it didn't go great, you know, uh, cause I decided not to have my iron retested again. Um, I was already taking iron supplement and I just didn't understand like really what the benefits of it would be to have it tested again. And I was already at the end of my pregnancy and I just figured I was just keep, um, keep the iron rich foods going and just, you know, trying to support my body as best as I can. And I think it made her, her uncomfortable. And, um, cause again, you know, they, they want you at that 10, I, I don't know what it's measured in Like, is it micrograms? Or, I'm not sure, but probably what she was checking. Yeah. Okay. And I was at like 9.9. So it's almost there. Um, but again, this, this comes back to like those medical standards, right. That people want you at or the medical system wants you at. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, she had brought up bringing Pitt to the birth and I know I, you know, I came home like really upset and, and I was seeing a radical birth keeper here in Texas, um, who was just like supporting me mentally through, through things. Uh, and I went and saw her right after too, and kind of talked through some stuff with her. And, and then I called you and, um, you kind of helped me realize like, you know, well, why are you hiring her? Like, why are you hiring a midwife to come to your birth? And I really had like, after I got off the phone with you and you told me what you would do in that situation. Um, you know, like you said, you would bring, uh, fluids if you were concerned about a woman's iron or, um, stuff like that. And so after, right after I, um, you know, got off the phone with you, I decided to kind of write everything down, like why, why I was having a midwife come there. And it was because I needed support. Um, you know, I needed someone to like be an extra hand to my husband for sure. After that Bradley course, I just completely didn't believe that like the, the man should be doing all, um, all this supportive work, I felt like it was, it should come from, from a woman. And, um, it was, yeah, there was just like more connection that way. And, um, you know, I decided that really what I was looking for was someone to be there after the fact, like I felt completely confident in my body to birth this baby. Like I didn't want anyone there. I expressed this to my husband, like, you know, your job is to fill the tub and get me like water or, you know, my juice, if I need it, basically, like you don't have it in, you don't have any other responsibilities except just to like support me in the ways I'm asking, which is more of just, 
you know, an outside role. And, and I just felt completely confident that I could do this and my body could do this. And, you know, I knew from the first time around, I didn't want anyone touching me. I was, you know, I'm a very like kind of private person and um, you, that you're at your most vulnerable state. And I knew I just needed to be hundred percent like comfortable. And um, I didn't need anyone there like watching me or, you know, judging me. I had a lot of like mistrust issues from my um, first pregnancy. And so, yeah, so I just put complete confidence in myself and I knew I could do it. Um, and so I called the midwife or I actually sent her an email and then we talked after and I said, you know, this is how I feel. Um, you know, and you had, you had mentioned too that, uh, you know, joining, having a client come on late, right. You don't have that time to get to know them. And, um, I think that's what happened with us is, you know, she really didn't get the time to know me and I didn't get the time to know her either. Um, but we hashed everything out and, you know, we gained a greater understanding and, um, yeah. So at the end of the day, I did end up calling her. I told my husband, like, when I got home, I was like, I might not call her, you know? So like, <laughs> I was like, that might happen. Yeah. Like, oh my goodness. Okay. Like, um, but no, I'm super glad that we were able to work, you know, and she expressed she was having a hard week too. And um, so we were able to work through everything because, you know, I did want a woman there supporting me and I did want someone there after everything happened to check my baby and to make sure everything um, was good. And I, and I did feel like, you know, having a midwife, it, it is very beneficial because uh, if something was wrong, and you did have to go to the hospital for some reason, I just felt like there, you know, that your knowledge, you could do something beforehand if, if, and when that was the case, um, which I didn't think that that would happen, but it did supply a layer of comfort there for me. Um, and I know some women don't choose that. And, you know, someone would want even more support. Um, but for me, that was just where I wanted that support. And I just needed to be a little clearer with her and, um, we did come to an understanding of, mm -hmm. yeah, like, okay. you know, if, yeah, if the, I'm so glad that happened because you weren't wanting to free birth necessarily, it no. would be a default because you couldn't find someone supportive. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Yeah. And I totally expressed that to her. I was like, I am not looking to free birth. That is why I hired you as a midwife. Um, but I, I just wanted someone that kind of believed those like that thought of just a woman can do this on her own um but I did want to be supported you know I, and I think a lot of women do want to feel that that support it's just um when it's abused I think is is where that where it gets hard and that's what I was uh, afraid of mm -hmm. um but yeah so basically I was uh 39 weeks pregnant almost I was like three days before my due date and the due date was like a very a hard thing I had to work through that because I I was like prepared to go over I listened to so many birth stories like where women birth like 46 weeks you know like I was just ready I was like okay I, I if I have to wait I'll wait you know um as long as I felt good as long as I felt fine um so but yeah it was 39 weeks um and I, you know, started feeling contractions at 4 p.m. on, I forget what day it was, but my husband and my son were out, you know, giving me time to rest. And um, I wasn't sure if this was it or not, because a couple weeks prior, I had some pre-labor stuff that I was, you know, I thought that was it. Mm -hmm. And um, so I, you know, kind of just kept doing my thing around the house and my husband came home and I told him, you know, maybe this could be it. I don't know. So we went on a walk and, um, it was our last walk as a family of three and we came home and had dinner and, uh, put my son to bed. And, you know, he told the story that night cause he could hear me, you know, breathing through contractions and they weren't intense yet, but you know, there was definitely something I had to stop and work through. And, um, after we put him to sleep, I just remember like, okay, I think this is it. And we were like, so excited. Like we, you know, I brought all of our birth stuff out and put it on the table. And, and I told them to put like cookies in the oven. Cause I had made cookie dough and, you know, put it in the freezer. And so it was just like a really 
cool moment of just like, okay, this it's going to happen. And we're just like preparing for it. Um, it was just so different than the first time around. And I, you know, I texted my midwife and I told her, I think, you know, I think this is it. And she's okay, well, just, you know, let me know. And she was so calm. And that's what, you know, another thing I really liked about her was she was just, she was really a calm person and that's what I wanted. Um, and so I went into the bathroom and started working through contractions on my own. Like I had a birthing ball and that's kind of where I set up my birth altar was in, in the bathroom because I knew I'd want to be in there. Um, and we had a tub set up in our, um, in our bedroom, which was just right outside the bathroom. So, and it was like this, uh, trough that I wanted. Um, so we had this like trough in there. Uh, we don't have any baths in this house. So yeah, I got that as a bath beforehand. And, um, yeah, so I was working through contractions and I wasn't planning on timing them, but I ended up like downloading an app right there. And I just was like, I was just curious. I'm going to time them. And I think they're like seven to eight minutes uh, and like or apart and then I think they were like 50 seconds or something like that mm-hmm. and so I sent her a picture of the um of you know of my time contractions and she's like all right well let me know when a shift happens and so I jumped in the shower and um you know things started like kind of escalating and uh I mean the crazy thing is I just remember just feeling like not not in control but I was just like I got this like I'm I'm just working my way through it and we're fine and there was no fear or nothing like that it just felt so normal and I was just like listening to my body I didn't you know I didn't do any prep work this time around like I wasn't going to do breathing exercises I wasn't going to do anything my I just kept telling myself your body will know what to do it'll tell you what to do this time um and it did it told me exactly what to do when I got in the shower I had a chair in there and you know, I had been taking showers in there before, so it felt really comfortable. Um, things started to pick up and I, you know, told my husband to fill up the tub and call our midwife. Um, and I just remember like the first time around, you know, I wanted this like spiritual birth. And the second time around, like I started like chanting and this chant, like I got this rhythm going and I was chanting, you know, like I'm floating in water. And I was like visualizing that I was in the ocean, like next to this Hawaiian lay. And it was just, and I was like, thanking God for these breaks. Cause I was getting these rests in between these contractions. And it was just, it was incredible. Um, yeah, it was just really incredible. And, uh, I was working my way through it and, um, yeah, my husband, you know, told me the tub was, was ready. And it's funny because one of my, one of my bigger worries was, you know, not having hot water, um, <laughs> enough hot water, because I knew I wanted to be in the shower. So while he was I, like, the tub, like the water stopped, um, I think, because all the hot water was going to the tub. And so then right when like, he stopped the hot water going into the tub, the shower like hit me. Um, and I just remember like it, felt like like needles hitting me and I like shot up and like turned off the you know shower because it was just so like I was so sensitive um and I jumped in the tub and like literally I think you know my timeline is a little bit fuzzy but I think he was born like maybe 20 minutes after getting in the tub it felt so good to get in the tub um you know, I felt the urge to push and I, cause I just had this huge amount of pressure and it ended up being my, um, my water sack and it, it broke and it felt like incredible. I just felt this huge release. And, um, yeah, I remember just, you know, feeling waiting and listening to my body and I felt, you know, the urge to push again. And, um, I did take a couple pushes to get the head out. Um, and I just remember like roaring so loud and my son was in the other room. Um, and that was one of the, you know, worries we had was like, he would wake up and he didn't wake up. Like it all went exactly how we wanted it to go. Um, and I pushed the head out and, you know, my husband, I could hear him like on the outside of the tub. Um, it was, so, it was so dark in that room. And so I couldn't see anything. And obviously I'm, you know, I'm in my own world as well, but um, I remember like, I thought he was touching the baby and I was just like, don't touch the baby. But it was, you know, I could feel it turning inside of me, um, after the head was out. 
yeah, he was moving. And um, I just remember like, don't touch him, don't touch him, you know? And uh, and he's like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm just here. And, um, yeah, and then I felt the urge to push again. I just waited for that big contraction and I pushed and the body just floated out right in front of me. And I scooped up my baby and held into my chest. And I just said, you know, you're beautiful. You're beautiful. Like I felt like a million times, but I, I just kept saying it over and over. Um, and I just said, take your time. Cause he did like, he didn't cry right away. Um, it probably was like, I don't know, maybe a minute, maybe two minutes. I don't know. Um, and then he cried and I was just like, you're home. Welcome home. Like it was just such a different experience. And I just, I can't even explain it enough. Like just still, I feel it in my body right now. Like it just makes me want to cry. Cause it was just the most incredible experience ever. Like that feeling. Um, and there was just no fear in me this time around and everything was just normal. Like it felt so right. And it felt like, I don't, it just felt normal. Um, and even talking to my husband after I was like, were you scared? Like, were you, and he said, no, like, and which is really surprising because he wasn't in favor of like the whole free birth idea or anything like that. And he was the one, you know, like pushing to have someone there. And, and I, I wanted someone there too. And like the fact that he just felt like it was all normal and it, it was totally fine. And, you know, well, like you, uh, said, you really wanted someone there for after for after. And that's what I got. I got exactly what I wanted. I mean, she showed up 30 minutes later and um, it was perfect. I mean, we were, after we were in the tub, you know, my husband's like, do you want me to call her? And I said, no, like we're good right now. Cause I just needed like a minute, you know? Um, and I, and I, at the time I still wanted to just like, listen to my body. I mean, the baby was crying. Like he, I felt fine. Like I didn't feel, you know, dizzy or lightheaded or anything that, um, were some of the concerns, you know, with being low iron. And, um, I asked him to help us out of the tub. And so he put, you know, towels down and he helped us get to bed and, um, we got into bed and, you know, and then at that time I was like, okay, you like call her and tell her, you know, we had the baby and everything. And, you know, he, we had a bunch of blankets on top of us and we're just cuddled up in bed and, you know, and she was just like super calm and, um, you know, just wait for the placenta and like, the placenta came right away, you know, and, um, I just got out of bed and squatted over a bowl and my husband held the bowl and I, you know, delivered the placenta. And I think he was like shocked by that. Like, like he wasn't ready for that. I feel like, um, and I was just like, this is so cool. Like, I, well, you and know, that's like, the beauties about a family birth is like, how involved and like how you guys, you get to do it together versus like just defaulting to, you know, the birth keeper to, to. Yeah. Do, yeah. Totally. And that's like that what I wanted. I mean, I wanted to catch my baby. I wanted, you know, I just wanted to know that like, I wanted to be that person for my baby, you know, which I felt like I wasn't the first time around. Um, yeah. And it was, it was just like, totally awesome it was yeah, just it's like so you cool. were there for your baby and he's there for you and like what Ooh. a bonding experience it like strengthens your family yeah oh a hundred percent and it was it was yeah it was just perfect like it was so perfect um you know and then like it was funny I after the placenta was delivered I like told I was like well we should check the time you know uh, so he like checks the time and it was you know I think it was at 10 43 so we just like well he was probably born at 10 33 and so we like guessed and um and then we we're like well should we, we should probably check the gender too because we didn't know if it was a boy or girl and I just think that's so cool because it was like 20 minutes after I you know birthed our baby and um it, it wasn't even a thought in our heads. We were just like, this is, this is so awesome. And yeah, it doesn't um, change anything. Like what does it no, matter? Yeah. Not at all. And like, and he's like, it's a boy. I was like, how do you know? Like, did you look like, how do you know? And he's like, I just know. And so we like checked and it was a boy and he, my husband got like emotional. I was just like, it was just like so awesome. Um, and then, yeah, our midwife walked in 30 minutes later and she was just so calm and just, like didn't even do you know didn't even do anything she was just like hey and how is it going and you look great you know she was just like 
just like normal. Like she was coming in just to say hi, you know? Um, and we just stayed snuggled up and, you know, I told her everything that happened and she just like shared that joy and that, that moment with us. And, you know, and then like, she was preparing some like tea for, for me to use later on. And, um, you know, we had cookies and, you know, she did, she did listen to the baby, but it just, it wasn't right away. Like nothing was rushed, you know, it was just very calm and relaxed. And, um, you know, I had planned on burning the cord, um, but we ended up cutting it. My son woke up, uh, which actually was really cool. Like he woke up, you know, during all this. And, um, you know, I remember my husband being like, Kaysen's awake. And I'm like, okay, except she was helping me go to the bathroom. And I came out and I walked him over and I said, your brother's here. And it was just, it was such a cool family experience. And I'm so glad he was there for that. And then he like ate two chocolate chip cookies. And by that time he had spilled the best. Yeah, he had spilt the bowl of, you know, bloody placenta everywhere. And I was like, okay, I think we should just cut it. Like, you know, I, it's totally fine. So um, like, yeah, we ended up waiting. It was like two hours, maybe two and a half hours. And we cut the cord and, um, and then we, and, you know, as a family, we put my son back to bed. Like, so it was me, the baby, my husband, and all in my son's bed. And I told the midwife, you know, just let yourself out. And she did, she let herself out. And um, I just remember like getting up and getting back to my bed and I had my new baby next to me and I had a cup of tea and a cookie. And I was just like the most beautiful, incredible thing ever. Just like those, that moment was just um, wonderful. And it just felt so normal. And we were just a family in our house, but now we were a family of four instead of three. And yeah, it was just really incredible. It was, I don't even know how else to describe it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, nobody else can see but me, but just like the look on your face, like telling this story versus telling the first. It's like, yeah. this is how birth should leave women, you know, totally. just really like just glowing. Yeah. And like, yeah static and like your it looks like your cheeks hurt you know because you're smiling so much yeah it's like yeah and like that high just like continued like for a couple I don't even know like maybe the first week like I was just on this like incredible high from this birth like it was like nothing I've ever experienced before yeah well and unfortunately births like these don't just fall into your lap unless you like are doing the work because there's so much we have to unlearn because this birth that you had is the natural default, but it's not. And we do a lot of things to like mess it up for us. Right. You know? Unless we like put the work in to, to make it be what we want it to be. Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I just feel like it's, it's not even our fault as women. I just feel like we have just gotten like trapped in these societal norms and um yeah you're right we have to unlearn and you know start listening to other women's stories and kind of go back to these traditional ways I guess um because what you just explained is if you do nothing that's what happens you know you have to like actively choose something else for it to be anything other than that for the most part you know like to right. choose to invite someone into your space who kind of maybe messes things up or to leave your home and go into a space that interferes with the process but if you just did nothing then then that's the birth you have <laughs> exactly I mean it's it's so crazy it's to think that way. yeah <laughs> But like the amount of work you had to do to like come to that, you know, and, and hopefully right. sharing these stories will get to a point where our children, you know, this is the default and you go to the hospital if you need to. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, and that's just why I'm just like, I want every woman to experience that. I mean, I know everyone's story is so different, but I mean, gosh, it was just, so incredible and I just feel like that is how birth should should be and that's how you know a woman should leave her birth is just feeling like on top of the freaking world after um and just being like I'm a freaking amazing woman I'm a freaking amazing mom like you know after after you birth like that you're like I could 
I could do, I could take care of this baby. I could do anything, you know? And like, I feel like that's what's meant. That's what's supposed to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, your husband sees that in you and yeah. it just puts you, you know, like on this pedestal of your family, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. But, um, so yeah, that is just what I just, I wish that for, for all women to just have that incredible experience of just power and yeah you're because we're all incredible and we're all meant to do this so thank yeah. you so much for sharing both your stories you know and and how your first brought you to your second so beautiful well thank you so much for for having this um avenue in this community to be able to share that if anybody wants to reach out to you, how could they connect with you? Yeah, um, I mean, I'm. You could find me on uh, Instagram. I I don't have like a main Instagram page, but it's just Maggie India, and I would be happy to talk to anyone about birth. Um, uh, you know, because I just think that women are incredible, and um, we're all meant to do this. So, yeah. Thank you again. Thanks everybody for listening. You can find us at Born Wild Podcast on Instagram. For inquiries or feedback, you can email us at bornwildpodcast at gmail.com. You can find me, Emma Ray, on Instagram at Emma Ray, R-E-A. Sophia at sophiabirth.com. And me, Leah, at Bay Area Home Birth. We would really appreciate it if you would rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps us reach more people. And as always, stay wild. wild.